Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a seeker of knowledge and information who has strayed into darkness that will almost certainly consume me. Fortunately, I'm joined again this week by my good friend and 40K coach, an unwitting hero who's going to save us all, even if he gets trapped in time doing it. He is the Ash Williams to my Professor Raymond Noby, Mr. Michael Costello. Ladies and gentlemen, let's acknowledge our, our sponsor, Siege Studios. Uh, if you need anything commission painted, uh, look no further than Siege Studios. There's multiple levels of commission painting you can get from them, from essentially battle-ready but still awesome, all the way up to Golden Demon Standard, uh, depending on how much you want to pay. And they also offer classes and one-to-one tutoring. They also have a really great Discord channel uh, that you can get it get into if you are one of their students. So definitely check them out. Go to siegestudios.co.uk and check them out on Instagram. They do amazing work. It's great to look at their painting and uh, they're just good people too. So please check them out. And thank you, Siege, for continuing to sponsor our, our, our podcast. The uh, Academy is still in progress right now. So if, you're still, um, if you've been listening to us and, and really want to check out the Academy and figure out what all this, uh, this educational side of the game is and how to learn to be a better player. Uh, the next class is beginning, should be in middle to late uh, November, Mike. Yes, that's right. So if you know somebody who is, um, you know, a, a good player or a passionate player, but uh, struggles to, to feel comfortable uh, with the rules, you know, you could always see about giving somebody a, a membership to the Academy as a Christmas present. So keep that one in mind, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, we also we also now have our competitive 40K podcast community Facebook page. Uh, the password starting this month is now Dante. So uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you, you put in that password when you ask to be admitted to the uh, community Facebook page. I've actually had as an admin now, I had to turn down a couple of people this week because they just clicked ask and they didn't answer the questions. They didn't know the password. You don't know the password. You can't get in. It's like trying to knock on the door of uh, Chazad Doom and not knowing you know, the, the, the elvish word for friend to, to get in. Come on, you got another password. So this month, uh, the password is Dante. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, also, before I forget, don't forget to check out um, the Harder and Seenbeck charity project uh, that is going on right now. Uh, as I mentioned in the last few episodes, it is a great fundraiser for a children's cancer ward uh, in Ukraine. And uh, it is definitely worth a look. And especially if you're going to be donating money and getting a absolutely top of the line airbrush in the process, I think that's a win-win situation. So if uh, if you're looking to donate or if you got some extra money, if you're in the market for a new airbrush, uh, which I think I will be shortly, you should definitely check it out. So uh, go online, check out Harder and Steamback and look up their charity project. All right, Mike, let's talk detachment abilities. Um, what's so special about the demons? What What is their faction-wide abilities? All righty. So um, demons in this book, they're called Legiones demonica all right we're just going to call them demons from now on for the rest of this podcast um, and any other parts uh, to it and when we say demons of course we just mean pure demons from the warp nothing like your chaos face green stuff so when we say demons we just mean these guys in this book but 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 you don't want to keep repeating that it's legiones demonica keyword no i feel like it's a bit of a mouthful um, it was a little bit yeah and it's obviously mentioned about 10 times in this two paragraphs um yeah. so uh lee Jones, oh my god i was about to say it demons <laughs> gain the demonic allies um demonic legions and demonic relics abilities okay so we'll go through uh allies at the 
after the, the, the first two. So demonic legions, if your army only contains uh, demons detachments and includes any greater demon units, one of those must be your warlord. Unless you, or your army also includes Belakor, in which case he has to be the warlord. Yeah, he's he is uh, he's Sauron. He does not share power with anyone. Yeah, I'm going to assume that they mean to say that unless Belakor is included, in which case he is the warlord or right. greater demon. Because currently, yeah, as that, it is, that was my under, my interpretation. It yeah. is unless you have Belakor, and then he has to be the warlord. Yeah. Because as it stands, it looks like if you've got Bellacor, you can make a Herald or Warlord. Right. Anyway, we know what the intention is there, guys. So your Greater Demons, your Warlords, or Bellacor is your Warlord. All right? Yep. Unless you have none of them, of course, in which case a Herald is a Warlord. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't take one, though. Um, for each Greater Demon unit included in a detachment, you can include one Herald unit with the same Allegiance keyword in that detachment without that Herald unit taking up a Battlefield role slot. Now, do I? I skimmed. I got the book, la, you know, late last night, so I only skimmed through it. Are all the characters that are non-greater demons all have the herald keyword? Not all of them. Okay. We might meet a few in this podcast. Okay. Uh, but most of them are. All right, and then there's a note about relics. Yes. So uh, if you have a demon's warlord, uh, you can give a demon's character a relic, and it can be selected from any of the god. Uh, relic section, so Corn, Zinch, Nurgle, or Slanesh. So you can pick one of those uh, if you have a Demon's Warlord. Okay. Now there's an interesting thing in this um, book that there is no ability to, there's no stratagem to give anybody an extra Warlord trait, but you can give an extra Relic. Correct? Yes, that's right. Uh, and that is obviously very sad for Demon's players, because it means that your big greater Demons can't get all super buffed up. Um, I'm mildly thankful that you can't do it because there's yeah. crazy combos. Um, but at the same time, I don't know why they needed to, to limit the lethality of some of these big demons. Why not? Because have you seen their stat lines? They don't need any help, Mike. Good Lord, man. This book, I like Chaos Marines came out and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's, you know, Abaddon's tough and there's going to be some tough stuff. You know, the, the last couple of codexes in general, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this will be a challenge. That'll be a challenge. Yeah. This book frightens me. They're stupid good. So um, the the part that actually interests me is the demonic allies because uh, uh, Braden, my son, he actually wants to put some. Uh, he just likes the the idea of the pink horror splitting and the blue horror splitting into brimstone, but he oh. wants to add those to his thousand sons army. So um, what does he have to do? What are his requirements um, or anybody's requirements to add uh, demonic allies? All right. Okay. So uh, obviously you have to be a chaos army. That's the first most important bit. Um, in which not every unit has the demons keyword. So you can't put demonic allies in a demon's army, All right, which makes sense. That's stupid. Right. Um, demonic pact. So if your army includes one demon's detachment, okay, and the combined power rating of all units in that detachment make up no more than 25% of your army's power level, then until the end of the battle, Every unit in that detachment gains the Agent of Chaos keyword. Okay, so Agent of Chaos uh, for most books allows you to pick your faction secondaries, means you keep your main detachment abilities. So for Chaos Space Marines, that would be their let the galaxy burn kind of stuff. Now, the next part here, if a Bellacore unit is included, so if Bellacore is included, 
then this ability has no effect. So if you put Bellicor in your army, you cannot use this demonic allies ability. Okay, you've got to you've got to pay the price of essentially what we call souping, uh, and you lose a lot of detachment abilities. Um, okay, so uh, the next part of this is if you put corn units in a world eaters army, then um, you don't break any of your rules for having a different faction in your army. Uh, likewise for Zinch and Thousand Sons, I'll use them as the example in a minute when I talk about it in a bit more depth. Um, Nurgle and Death Guard, obviously, and Slanesh in Empress Children. Now with Thousand Sons and Death Guard, um, they they sort of got their uh, so Cabal points is is the Thousand Sons one. Um, it doesn't have the exclusion for Agents of Chaos. So as written, if you took Zinch Demons, you'd lose your Cabalistic Rituals. Okay. Um, but because of this, um, it says that you still get your Cabalistic rit- Rituals, essentially, even though you've got um, Agent of Chaos Zinch units in your army. Yeah. So it kind of gets around some of those um, less specific restrictions, if that makes sense. Yeah. it's it's We can assume that there will be some sort of a... Um an FAQ to come out to clarify that hopefully, but yeah, yeah. yeah. My, the way I was reading it was that, um, the, that you're not going to lose your cabal points. You're not going to lose, um, uh, your, your, your death guard or abilities. Obviously we're waiting to see what world leaders abilities are. Um, yeah. God help us in later <laughs> this year. Um, so, okay. To sum up, you can have a demons detachment. So long as the power level is no more than 25% of your army. Usually that'll be about um, twenty-five power level. Usually, but obviously right. you can you can because power level is not exactly representative all of the time because it doesn't get updated with you know match play um, books. You've probably got some ways to manipulate that. Yeah, I, I've noticed that just on in a battle scribe that most of my army lists end up being around one hundred and three to one hundred and six power level. So, yeah. uh, and there's also you could manipulate that too a little bit if if because your power level doubles on most units when you mm-hmm. increase past the initial unit size. So you, you could get a squad of five chaos legionaries is, I think it's six power level. Yeah. Six, five, seven. It might be seven. So it six, might be seven. seven. So yes. just to say for argument's sake, if it's seven, but as yeah. soon as you add a sixth member, a sixth model to that squad, it doubles. So you could actually sort of artificially pump up your power level. Yeah. Um, you know, if you really needed to squeeze in some extra demon units, but then you're still going to run into a points level issue, a points issue too. So there's some, you could game it a little bit to get some extra demons in there if you really yeah. wanted to, but yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, allegiance keywords, there's no, this, this codex is kind of interesting because it's almost four mini codexes in one book in yeah. that each of the four chaos gods has their own subsection with their own strats, their own units, the data sheets, all that. Uh, plus, I also kind of I noticed and I appreciate the fact that the Crusade rules, unlike being smack in the middle of everything, the Crusade rules are at the back of the book now. So, not yeah. that we want to banish Crusade to to the back of the you know the back of the classroom, but you know it was always kind of annoying when you're in a tournament, and you trying to flip from detachment abilities to data sheets, and you got to flip past ten to fifteen pages of Crusade rules real quick. So, those are at the back of the yeah. book. Yeah, thank um, you, Games Workshop. Um, yes, great idea. Yes, uh, and it's going to stop people getting really confused because if you're playing Crusade, you'd have to go through all of the match play stuff as well. Right. Just, you know, keeping them separate is a great idea. So uh, now, so then, so there's basically four allegiance keywords. 
they have the, you know, unlike chapter or order or legion, this one is just allegiance, but you just have, there's no sub factions. There's just the four allegiances, Korn, Zinch, Nurgle, Slanesh. Um, and then of course, uh, Bellacor, I believe has all four. That's right. Uh, and then there's a demon prince and the soul grinder, which are the only two units in the book that you can change their allegiance. Okay. All right. Uh, now, to answer uh, James's question from Rules, Rules Lawyer, malefic weapons. Well, so let me read this um, for us. So uh, lots of Chaos Demons have uh, a weapon that has malefic written on it. Um, so each time the bearer fights, it would make a number of additional attacks with that weapon equal to the value after the word malefic. Uh, and no more than that number of attacks can be made with that weapon while resolving the fight. So these are extra attacks. You can't allocate any of your characteristic to those attacks. Um, and if you make them explode by any means, you can't. Uh, they have a limited number of attacks. So if a model has more than one malefic weapon, it can make additional attacks with each one. So they, they just stack, basically. You get all of your malefic attacks. Yeah. It's like some of the close combat weapons where it says if you use this weapon, you have one but only one additional attack with this weapon. That kind of thing. Yeah. Generally, it's like another limb, maybe, that's not like their main limbs, or it's going to be like the the uh, steeds of a chariot, those are usually um, where you find the malefic weapons. Okay. Now, here's the bit that's obviously uh, controversial, perhaps. Unless otherwise specified, malefic weapons are never affected by effects or abilities that allow models to make additional attacks or abilities that would allow would add to, subtract from, or improve their characteristics in any way. Which sounds like no armor of contempt for you. Yes. Um, and there have been murmurings in various places. Um, if you've read anything from Goonhammer, you'll know they've sort of looked at it as well. And it's going to need an FAQ. Because a lot of the time, um, abilities like armor of contempt actually modify the attack itself rather than the weapon that's being used. Right. Um, now, we can assume for simplicity that it's a change of the characteristics of the weapon which can't happen and therefore ignores armor of contempt um and you know minus one damage would be ignored as well um i personally don't think the intention is that these weapons can ignore stuff like minus one damage etc although at the same time that would also be cool uh, i don't think there's ever going to be a solid answer to this unfortunately just because of this attacks being modified versus weapon being modified right so ask your to unfortunately uh, and put forward both cases yeah yeah but uh, as as the rules lawyer to answer that question rules as written i would argue that yes it says any characteristics and armor of you know armor of contempt modifies the characteristic which is the ap value so rules as written i would say that it does modify it but i also totally agree with mike uh, ask your to or discuss it with your opponent if you're playing at home, you know, doing a, doing a practice game or a fun game with friends or something. You, there's, it's not worth losing friendship over, you okay. know. Talk to it's it's even if so, it's just one AP. You know, yeah. play your game, and you know, if you're going to to a to an event, talk to your TO until we get an FAQ on this to clarify it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, abilities. Abilities. Uh, okay, so there's an ability that's on basically every data sheet. It's called demonic. Now. Under this ability, there are four abilities. So let's run through these. We have Demonic Invulnerability. 
instead of a normal save characteristic, Daemon's datasheets have a demonic save characteristic. It has two values. The first characteristic is for melee, and the second characteristic is for ranged attacks. In either case, the saving throw cannot be modified in any way. So no railguns, ignoring invulnerable saves. Nope. No uh, xenophase blades. Nope. No nothing, and no AP. So their save is their save is their save. So if they have a three-plus save against shooting, Tau and Admech um, and some other lists are having a very sad day. Yep, absolutely. But that's when you crack out your crew, you know, because they'll usually have a worse save in combat. So, um, right. Yeah, just get the crew out for that, and you'll be okay. Right. <laughs> to be fair, okay. my my defense for this is that demons are from another dimension, and uh, they shouldn't really interact the same way that bullets. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I I agree with you completely in the in the mm. fluff reason. Like logically, it makes total sense. Yeah. I'm just not real thrilled because. There's a there's a fair few demons in here that have a three plus demonic save against ranged attacks, and I can't modify that, and I can't do squat about it. And watching, you know, something shrug off a railgun shot entirely, yeah, is going to make me sad. Now, granted, the mortal wounds will still go through, but you know, well, maybe that will give everybody else a bit of breathing space while the hammerheads maybe edge a little bit out of the competitive scene and knights and everybody else can rejoice in the fact that their units don't get one shot. This is why I'm starting my leagues in Botan <laughs> list the minute that yep. army box comes out. <laughs> anyway, it's a little too much edging against the tower right, for my taste right now. But anyway, enough yeah. of my whining, as, as, my, right. as uh, Steve says. The next rule. Manifestation. Manifestation, yes. Uh, during deployment, you can set this unit up in the warp instead of setting it up on the battlefield. If you do so, then in the reinforcement step of one of your movement phases, you can set it up anywhere on the battlefield that's more than nine inches away from any enemy models or more than six inches away from any enemy models and wholly within six inches of a friendly warp locus model that was on the battlefield at the start of your turn. Okay, now um, that only works if your warp locus model has the same allegiance as your um, unit's allegiance. Um, so let's briefly cover what has Warp Locus. Um, it's a very short list. Basically, any named Greater Demon has Warp Locus. Um, Bellacore has Warp Locus. There is one opportunity here for Sinch to get Warp Locus as a Warlord trait as well. Uh, so it's pretty rare. So don't suddenly start crying out that they're going to turn up six inches away all the time. Right. Um, it is powerful, but it is on a select few number of characters and it is also they have to be wholly within six of that that unit because um, i remember someone said oh well, what about three soul grinders deep striking in your face six inches away soul grinders are not likely to fit wholly within six inches of a greater demon no the the base is too big the model's yeah, too big exactly yeah yeah so that's quite cool and that's something you get um even if they're a demonic allies detachment um yeah very nice yeah, and this is every unit in the book has this rule, so yes. the entire army can deep strike if they want to. Yes, how fun is yeah. that? Uh, I, I mean, again, it's very fluffy. It, it's, it's kind of frightening, but you know, it's, it's very fluffy, and it makes a lot of sense that you know you could start with you know one model on the board, and then everything else shows up mid board. You know, turn two, just start yeah. raining down. 
Yep, demonic incursion. Brace yourself for the storm. Yeah. Um, right. If your entire army is a demon's army, okay, then instead, if they're holding within your deployment zone, so if if you set your demons up holding within your deployment zone from reinforcements, then they can be more than three inches away from enemy models. Wow. Yeah, so if you're taken behind enemy lines as a secondary, you may want to rethink your life choices. Yes. This is some fantastic uh, home territory defense. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really cool. Uh, now, if you're deep striking to no man's land, then you can be a number of inches away uh, from each enemy unit equal to the current leadership characteristic of that enemy unit to a minimum of three, maximum of nine. What does that mean? Well, um, if you're facing something like a screening Crute Hounds unit, just not to pick on any particular army, then you can deep strike six inches away. Yeah. Nice. Just gets you a bit closer. It's quite cool. Um, And it ties in well with the next ability, which is Demonic Terror. This is an aura. So while an enemy unit is within six inches of this unit, subtract one from the enemy unit's leadership characteristic and subtract one from their combat attrition tests. Okay. Yes. Nice. So, so you could stack this with the manifestation demons thing and end up deep striking a bit closer to enemy units because you've already got a unit close to them. Yeah, I don't like this. It's, it's pretty scary, especially when it's you start looking terrifying. at some of the leadership stacks that are yeah. available in this book. Yeah, not a fan. I'm already having nightmares of, you know, a, a bloodthirster coming down, you know, seven, eight inches away from a unit instead of nine and doing some of their, look, we, we can reroll charge distances and such shenanigans. <laughs> so, yeah, no, not not happy about this at all. Or, hey, we're going to sh- we're going to run some blood crushers up real quick. Shorten your uh, r- reduce your leadership by one you're you know now the bloodthirster is going to come it come in at seven inches from your fire warriors or yeah etc it's Not pretty intimidating bellacore has a further minus one leadership um which stacks yeah but if he's already close enough to make that effect on you you already <laughs> have enough problems in your life you whatever's going to deep strike down is just <laughs> icing on a very nasty sandwich you don't want to take a bite of yep. so uh yeah all right and then let's talk a uh, warp storm okay um so, you can use this ability to apply warp storm effects to illegible units from your army. Um, and we'll move on to the warp storm table next. Unless you've got any thoughts on those abilities there, Dave? Uh, I don't want to. That's, okay. that's my entire thought reading all of Fair that. Enough. I don't want to. <laughs> all right. So, warp storm. Now, if every unit in your army has the demons keyword, this Legioni's Demonica keyword, excluding models with the Agent of Chaos or Unaligned keywords, then at the start of each battle round, you can make a Warp Storm roll. To do so, roll 8d6. Each 4 plus is a Warp Storm point. Now, just to reiterate, um, you could include something like Chaos Dreadblades in a demons army and you'd still get the Warp Storm table. Um, which is interesting. You could also include Abaddon because he's an agent of chaos right. uh, in a demon's army. He'd still get Warp Storm, um, which is very interesting. Yeah. I expect somebody will do that. I expect somebody will do that. 
sometime very frighteningly soon. Okay, so let's read the rest of this and sum this up because uh, there's two power. Well, there's a fair few paragraphs here. What sort of points can also be gained via other rules or abilities? No matter the source, you can only gain warp storm points if you fulfill the rules we've already said. So um, if you're entirely demons and you've got no uh, nothing else except for, of course, agents of chaos and unaligned. Warp storm points can be spent during that battle round. So you generate at the start of the battle round. They can spend during that battle round on the Waterstorm effects listed on these two pages that we've got before us, and each will specify when it can be used. Uh, there's a series of effects uh, themed around the four dark gods. There's also one for undivided, so it can be used on any units. Each effect has a cost to it, which is these Warpstorm points. Um, now, unless otherwise specified, you can use the same Warpstorm effect multiple times during the battle, but not more than once per battle round. And then at the end of the battle round, all your warp storm points are deducted from your... Sorry, any spent points are deducted from your total. And then at the end of the battle round, you lose any points you didn't spend. That about sums that up. Yeah, it's it's just a... It's a, it's a, it's a separate currency mechanic to keep track of in addition to your CPs. Yes. To spend on a whole bunch of cool abilities like... Expanding aura abilities by three inches. And yes, mm -hmm. the demonic terror is an aura. Yeah, it gets better though, because there's one that does does another minus one leadership in addition while you're within aura range of demonic terror. Sure. Why not? Why not? Um, shall we pick a few of these? Sure. Discuss them? Or did you want to go through each one? No, no, let's just pick a couple of highlights. Uh, and, and as a warning to, to everybody listening, we are, because there's so much uh, new in this book, we are probably not going to get through all of four of the, the gods plus Bel the legions of Bellicor. Uh, so just uh, we, we're going to get through corn and then maybe through the book of Zinch. And that's going to probably be where we're going to have to call it today. But uh, that doesn't mean we have to do everything today. So let's, um, yeah, let's pick one or two of your of your top choices here okay so um my favorite one probably the most powerful one strategically is dark invigoration this is an undivided one so you can use this on anyone and you have access to this uh if you have any demons in your army okay uh so use it at the start of the morale phase it costs five warp storm points so it's very expensive one model in each demons unit from your army can regain up to d3 lost wounds very nice if every model in that unit has a wounds characteristic of one, that unit can instead be replenished. When a unit is replenished, you can return D3 models to that unit with their full wounds remaining. Each returned model no longer counts as having been destroyed for the purposes of a morale test this turn. Each unit can only be replenished once per turn. So you just start the morale phase. You heal all of your demon units. Any of them that are just one wound each, D3 of those come back. So that's going to be your your blood letters, your plague bearers, your pink horrors. But you're not going to be doing this on a beast of Nurgle unit. You're not going to be doing this on a blood crushers unit to bring them back to the dead. You can heal them. You can heal them, but you can't. But you can't bring them back from the dead. Thank no. God. I, I I appreciate that very slight caveat. Yeah. So, so that yeah. would be um brutal. Yes. So that's one of my picks. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Uh, yeah. Go for it. Pick one more. Okay, so the other one from Undivided uh, is Descending Shadow, and I would expect to see this basically every game at least turn one. It's three Warp Storm points. 
You use it at the start of your opponent's shooting phase until the end of the phase each time a ranged attack is made against a demon's unit from your army, if the attacker is more than 12 inches away. Subtract one from that attack's hit roll. Ladies and gentlemen, Codex Demons, the hard counter to the Tau. <laughs> Dave's not happy, guys. I'm not happy at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell. Uh, all right, so what's your what's your top pick from... There's there's three now for... So there's eight for Undivided, and then there's three more Warp Storm effects for each of the Chaos Gods. What is your top pick for the ones from Corn? Okay, so um, I first have to go through one of the restrictions here. You only okay. get access to the, the God-specific Warp Storm abilities if you have a detachment that is entirely that allegiance. Um, so let's say you've got a battalion and a patrol. Your battalion is mixed. So it's got all sorts in it, but your patrol has only corn demons in it. Potentially, you could have Bellacor in there as well because he's got all of the keywords. He doesn't break um, the allegiance of a detachment. So in this case, we can imagine we've got a patrol that is all corn, or our entire army's corn. Got it. Uh, my favorite one here is well, it's pretty. There's two very good ones. Um, one of them is plus one attack to every model in your army. Very nice. Every single model. I saw add one to the attacks characteristic of, and I sort of yada yadded the the last couple words in the sentence, and I and I I thought it was going to say to a unit. No, no, the entire army, every single model, <clears throat> not just units, every model. Okay, obviously fantastic. It's four warp storm points, so it's half of your pool, pretty much all your pool if you yeah. roll averagely. And then just quickly, um, the other corn one is um, on a four plus, you can't fall back from a corn unit. And you roll, you'd roll for every corn unit you're engaged with. Um, yeah. So that's fantastic as well. Okay. Uh, Nurgle. So these guys, my favorite one for these uh, is plus one to their hit rolls in combat. Every single model for warp storm points. Okay. Cool. All right. Great. Zinch. Zinch. Uh, these guys, uh, I think there's a sleeper one in here, um, which is the first one, which is a, a ballistic skill improvement. But the most notable one is the Sorceress Winds, which is three Warp Storm points. And this is plus one to your psychic tests for any demon Zinch unit. Because, sure. It's plus one to psychic test. Potent. Yes. Very strong. Yeah. Very strong. Uh, all right, and then uh, and that other one, the the deluge of fire, the plus one ballistic skill, um, is for also for the entire army, but it is four warp storms. That's right. So. Yeah. All right. Um. So and then Slanesh. Uh. So Slanesh probably have the the best like three as a as a group. Uh. I know Steve's favorite is uh, fight first, basically. No kidding. Yeah. Shocked that Steve would pick. What that. a shocker! The yes. entire army getting fight first, which is quite cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, the other two, but I'll just mention lightning speed here. Three warp storm points. Use it in your movement or charge phase. And it's basically plus one to advance or charge rolls for every Slanesh demon unit in your army. Now, we already know how close they can turn up from deep strike. But right. Dave, what if they also had plus one to their charge roll? Sure. Why not? Let's just get ridiculous. Have a whole <laughs> bunch of demonettes of Slanesh and maybe just a chariot for, for good measure that teleports down yep. seven inches away and gets plus one to charge. And so now only has to roll a six. Sure. Why not? 
<laughs> so great. Um, I want. I officially want to bring back the eighth edition Overwatch rules for Tau. Holy yep. God in heaven! All right, and then what's Dark Hallucinations? The last Slanesh one. Okay, this one's quite cool. Um, so, for every um, any unit that tries to start an action, or um, yeah, so performs an action within twelve inches of any Slanesh units. You roll 2d6, and if it's higher than their leadership, they fail the action, and they suffer d3 mortal wounds. Okay. It's, it's all right. It's yeah. pretty cool. If there's a lot of actions going on, um, it can be pretty devastating. Yeah. Yeah, especially for some of those uh, missions where they you have to do an action to get the extra primary points. Yeah. And if you think about it, most people who do actions, the units doing the actions are usually low leadership, um, yeah. which makes this uh, yeah, somewhat effective. Okay. Clutch. I would yeah. say clutch sometimes. Yeah, that's definitely a oh, maybe a late game. I got to stop you from getting two or three more victory yeah. points. Okay. All right. God have mercy. Let's start. There the is book no of mercy blood. here. This is the book of blood. There's no mercy in this book for me. That's for sure. Okay. The book of blood. So uh, we can tell everybody that all four of the, the, the books, all four of the chaos gods uh, subsections here, they all have exalted abilities. The exalted abilities are your um, pointed upgrades, mm-hmm. um, like uh, Chapter Master and Master of Sanctity and those sorts of things. Um, so um, the three for exalted bloodthirster, and these are you only give the exalted abilities to greater demons, right? That's right. Yeah, and yeah. and you can give it to more than one. So so you can have three greater demons and give all three of them. But they can't all. They all have to take a different one, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they're unique, a bit like Wall of Traits and Relics. Yeah. So you got you got three for the uh, exalted bloodthirsters. Um, oh yeah, named characters can't get these. So Scarbrand doesn't get an exalted ability. He's exalted sure enough, folks. Okay. Let me tell you. Um, uh, so there's three in here. Indomitable onslaught. It's a forty point upgrade. Master of the Blood Tides. A twenty point upgrade. And Rage Unchained is a thirty five point upgrade. So your 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 greater demons are already pricey. They're going to get even pricier. But you're going to want one of these at least and uh here's why take it away mike so indomitable onslaught you're probably going to see this every bloodthirster yeah i think this is the auto take um this model cannot lose more than eight wounds in the same phase any wounds that would be lost after that point are not lost yeah so you think oh he's like a Catan. only instead of not being able to lose three wounds in a phase he can't lose eight that's not that bad except that he's a 20 point He's a 20 wound model to start, folks. So, yep. Yeah. He can't lose more than eight wounds in a phase, which is really bad for those of us that only do damage in one phase. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Um, I'll quickly run through the other two. Yep. Uh, so, Master of the, of the Blood Tide, uh, each time they fight, uh, if they charged, were charged, or intervened, um, then they get plus one to their strength and attacks. It's okay. Sure. Uh, and then Rage, Rage Unchained. Um, they double basically their wounds for their the, how many wounds they're considered to have remaining. Yeah. So if they get bracketed, you just see double their wounds. Which is not actually, you know, I, th- I think that's a, a bit of a sleeper exalted ability. I'd probably consider taking it. Um, yeah. 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 Because if you if if you don't have the extra five points, or if you're taking a second bloodthirster, that one's going to really also add some not resilience to the unit, but add some. He's still going to be effective. Yeah. into turns three and four after he's had some wounds clipped off so all right uh strats corn stratagems yep 
Um, so the first one is Frenetic Bloodlust. Uh, this is a 1CP or 2CP. Now you use this on a Bloodletters core unit. Uh, this is going to be either obviously your, your Bloodletters or your Blood Crushers because they have the Bloodletters keyword. Oh, okay. Um, so if they're not in engagement range, they can make a normal move up to six inches, uh, but it must end that move closer to the closest visible enemy unit. If they are in engagement range, then they make a pile-in move. Okay, And this is at the start of the fight phase, anybody's fight phase. If you do the normal move, it's 2CP. If you do the pile-in, it's 1CP. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, and then the next one, Glorious Decapitation. Yep, uh, this one's quite uh, thematic. So if a character is killed by a demon's corn character, then they gain a new aura called Slayer of Champions, uh, which means that each time a friendly demon's corn unit, any corn unit, is within six inches, then each time they roll an unmodified wound roll of six, it inflicts a mortal wound on the target in addition to any normal damage um, to a cap of six. Um, per that unit that's being targeted. Uh, you can only use it once, which is good because that would be silly. Yes, that would be ridiculous. And it does say the unit getting targeted can only suffer a maximum of six mortal wounds. So yeah. Um, now you can have this unit, because it's an aura, you could have this ability affect three different blood letters units, for example. Um, but if two of them are attacking a single Space Marine unit, that Space Marine unit's only going to take six wounds, six yeah. mortals. But the third unit can also attack another separate unit and do mm -hmm. six mortals. So you could potentially put out a lot of mortals in one phase. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like this one. Very cool. Um, yeah. It's great that it would affect the Bloodthirster itself if you did use on a Bloodthirster. And if you're uh, playing Corn, how can you not take a Bloodthirster? <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, next one is Relics of the Brass Citadel. Um, you can probably guess what this one is. Uh, so this is just you can take another Relic um, and you can use it twice in a Strike Force game. Um, yeah, pretty simple. Uh, note there is, as we've said, nothing like this for Warlord traits. Yeah. And you're only putting, and you're putting an additional Relic on another character, not two yeah. on the same. That's this right. isn't Chaos Space Marines. Yeah. <laughs> How absurd would that be? That'd... Oh, God. Um... Yeah. Right. Contempt for Sorcery, uh, 1CP. Uh, we probably expected this one to be in here. Uh, so after den an a Deny the Witch attempt is made, yes, Corn Demons can Deny the Witch. That's the thing they can do. Yep. Um, if that, en that enemy Psyche unit is within 24 inches of any Corn Demon units, then roll a D6, adding one to the result. If that enemy Psyche unit is within 12 inches of any Flesh Hounds, on a 4+, plus, it's denied. So you cast a power, uh, something attempts to deny it, they fail, you can now do a four up to deny it um, automatically, or if there's even flesh hounds closer, you could do it on a three up. Yeah. One Which CP. is going to be really good for stopping psychic actions. So that's yes. that's going to be a hard counter, or almost hard counter to um, the psychic interrogation that everybody seems to be taking nowadays. Absolutely, uh, and we do have a game on stream where we've got Liam Dempsey with his Corn Demons versus uh, Steve with his classic Ultramarines, uh, and we do see some psychic, anti-psychic action in there. So check that out if you want to see this in action. Um, the next one is Brass Stampede. Uh, I feel a little disappointed with this one, but we'll go through it. So 1CP, use this stratagem after a um, Corn Cavalry or Corn 
vehicle unit from your army finishes a charge. Select one enemy unit within engagement range and roll 1d6 for each model in the charging unit, adding 3 if the charging unit is a vehicle unit. On a 6, 2, and 8, the enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. On a 9, they suffer d3 plus 3. So your example here, if we took blood crushers, three blood crushers go in, you'd roll three dice on a six, it's d3 mortal wounds um, for one CP. But if you did it with a vehicle like a skull cannon or soul grinder, then on a three, it would be d3 mortal wounds, but on a six, it would be d3 plus three. Okay. But you're rolling one... You'd only be rolling one if it's a vehicle. Oh, one model. Oh, for, for each model, the charging unit. I was thinking yeah. that's going to get get obnoxious if you're charging into like a, a ten man <laughs> brick of something. Yeah, you roll for your units. For your unit, okay. So yeah. if you got like a three unit, a three model unit of blood crushers, then you're rolling three d six. Okay, got it. That's right. Yeah. All right, and then this last one. This one also scares me quite a bit. Banner of blood for one CP. Yep. Use a stratagem when a corn icon unit, so blood letters. Um, or I believe the crushers can have an icon as well. Um, until the end of the phase, so you use it when they're about to charge, um, you would roll an additional D6 and discard the lowest result when charging. Yeah, so 3D6 and drop the lowest for your charge distance. Again, cool. if you're teleporting in, you're deep striking down seven, eight inches away from your average Space Marine, Tau, Sisters, Units. Yep. You are now having. It's not quite miracle dice easy, but it is. You're you're it's, you're it's really making these charges highly likely. Yeah, it's really getting there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, corn warlord traits, aspect of death aura. Hmm. Um. So heralds can only take the first three. Uh, I won't worry about that though, because you're always going to take a greater demon, uh, and that's probably going to be your warlord. So aspect of death aura. Um, enemy units within six inches of minus one leadership and minus one to combat attrition, which obviously stacks with demonic terror. Right. It's okay. All right. Not bad. Brazen hide. This one you will see. <laughs> so make you happy there, Dave. Um, each time this warlord would lose a wound, roll 1d6 on a five plus, that wound is not lost. Sure. Five up, feel no pain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's have an eight wound cap and a five up, feel no pain. Yes. Yes. Um, that's ridiculous. Although, the, it, sometimes I think that combining a feeling of pain with a wound cap is less useful. Although, it would be more useful with the eight wound cap instead. Of, with a three wound cap, I think it's far less useful. Yeah, I mathematically. agree. Yeah. But with the eight wound cap, yeah, that's going to make you waste even more shots or attacks trying to get to that eight wound. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, and then devastating blow. Uh, okay. So, each time this water makes a melee attack, rules that ignore wounds cannot be used. So no wounds cap, no feeling of pain against this guy. Yeah. Now you probably yeah. might see this instead of the five up feeling of pain, depending on the meta. You know, if you want to deal with a badden real quick, put that blood yeah. through it. If Phoenix Lords suddenly become part of the meta again for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Glory of battle. Glory of battle. Add one to the warlord's attacks characteristic. Uh, while the enemy warlord, sorry, while your warlord is within three inches of six or more enemy models add one so another one and then while they're within three inches of 11 or more enemy models add a further one um yeah it's okay so take your bloodthirster put him right in the middle of a large mass of enemy models and he gets mm-hmm. plus three attacks sure okay lovely why not immense power go cool. uh plus one to wound in melee sure simple sense. effective yep. effective simple straightforward to the point i like it 
except against me. All okay. right, Rage Incarnate. Okay, add one to advance and charge rolls for the Warlord. Lovely. Uh, and each time an, a friendly corn uh, core unit declares a charge against uh, any units that are engaged with that Warlord, they get a plus one charge as well. Um, which, if you think about that, it's essentially... If they're in combat with something already, then they're already doing a leadership debuff on them. Actually, no, it wouldn't work because it's charge phase activated. Don't worry. It's okay. Um, it's not okay because because they're still going to be getting plus one to their charge and they're going to be teleporting down and then oh, and then you have that strat, so they're going to get plus two to charge range. Games Workshop listened to you and they were like, Dave would be really upset if somebody could take three of these Warlord traits. So let's let let's limit them to just one of them. Yes. Yeah, there is there is that minor, minor uh, bit of sugar I get to take with this very bitter pill. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Relics of Corn, Armor of Scorn. Okay, so plus one to any saving throw um, against damage one. Okay. You want to take me down with lots of shots? I'm going to have a three up unmodifiable save. Yep. Um, I'm not sure how that works with the wording for it not being modified. I'm sure it'll cover in an FAQ, but we can all agree that's the intention there. Right. Uh, and each time they would lose a wound um, as a result of a mortal wound in the psychic phase, on a 4+, plus, they do not lose that wound. Uh, and this can only go on a monster. So, feh to your Eldari smites and all of your Catan powers. Oh, no, Catan powers don't have in psychic phase. That's command phase. But That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, feh on your thousand, on enemy thousand sons. Got it. It's not bad. Not bad. All right. Crimson Crown. Crimson Crown, um, end of the battle round, if the bearer destroyed any enemy models, um, then you get to retain two unspent Warp Storm points. Um, it's okay. Generally find you're probably spending them yeah. if you're in combat. Right. All right. Uh, Rune of Brass. Uh, this is an aura ability, 12 inches. While an enemy Psyker unit is within that aura range of 12, then uh, they would suffer perils on any double. And any time they do suffer perils... They suffer D6 mortal wounds instead of D3. All right. I mean, it's cool if you're really worried about running into a lot of granites, maybe. But yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, there's there's the armor of scorn so far is definitely taking the cake. Agreed. Um, all right. Blood drinker talisman. Each time the bearer fights after resolving its attacks, roll 1D6 for each enemy model that was destroyed by those attacks. On a 5+, plus, the bearer regains one lost wound. The bearer cannot regain more than six lost wounds in each fight phase. I'm just going to start crying at this point. I quite like this one. And I I'm bet sure you, you do. What I would put this on. Yeah, on a bloodthirster. With on a bloodthirster. The, with, the, with the exalted wound cap per phase. Oh, you, you can only do eight wounds to me this phase. Um, here, I just healed up six of them. Oh, you managed uh, to get through my four up unmodifiable save and then my five up feel no pain shrug. Well, I'm just going to heal that wound back, actually. Thanks. Yeah. That's this, that, if, <laughs> that, that is a broken combo. I'm just going to say it. That's just stupidly broken. Yeah, but this is a back. Oh, Bloodthirsters um, are back. My goodness. Um, all right. Argath, the King of Blades. So, Argath, the King of Blades, you might see this one over the talisman. I personally wouldn't because I think bringing those wounds back is incredible. Um, yeah. So select one melee weapon the bearer is equipped with, add one to the damage characteristic of that weapon. Okay. Um, and each time they make a melee attack, they ignore any or all modifiers to the hit roll or wound roll. 
and that weapon is considered now to be a relic. Um, there is one particular um, combo with this, uh, which is why you'll see it, um, because it can make some of the sweep attacks on a certain weapon damage three. Um, and there's more on those combos uh, on our members, actually, on YouTube, because we've filmed... Um, We've done basically one for each god, a greater demon for each god, and we've come up with our most disgusting and strongest combos for each one. Yeah, check that out if you are interested. All right. And then the last one, uh, Skull Reaver. Okay, so this is for a model equipped with an axe of corn only. That's a, a one-handed axe on the Bloodthirster. Uh, replaces it. Uh, now you can do the Mighty Strike, which is plus four strength, minus four AP and D6 damage, or the Sweeping Blow, which is uh, strength user, so 8, AP 3, damage 1. Now, each time an attack is made against a vehicle or monster with this mighty strike profile, it's changed to a strength of times 2, so 16, and a damage characteristic of D3 plus 3. Uh, and then you, with the sweep, you get two attacks instead of one. It's okay. Isn't that basically the, the two-handed axe? Yeah. Um, yes, but I guess they get to keep the... Um, blood flail whip thing yeah they, so they get to keep using their their whip or lash of corn okay yeah. all right so that is it for the rules then there's just the data sheets we got scarbrand who is uh exactly as awesome as you would expect him to be um eight inch movement uh which is slower than regular bloodthirster <clears throat> i guess his wings are because his wings are all tattered they don't function quite as well for him um Two up weapons, two up ballistics, strength and toughness, eight, 22 wounds, eight attacks, nine leadership, and a four up, four up demonic saves. And he has the <clears throat> bellow of endless fury. Um, it's basically a flamer attack, automatically hits, uh, assault 2d6, strength five, AP one, damage one, uh, 12 inch range. And then he has slaughter and carnage, his two weapons. Um, and then, which has, again, the Mighty Strike and Sweeping Blow profiles, like usual. Uh, the Mighty Strike is a it's Strength 16, Neg 4, uh, D3 plus 3, and you cannot take invulnerable saves against it. Ouch. And then the Sweeping Blow, um, Strength User, so Strength 8, Neg 2, Damage 2, and double the number of attacks, so 16 attacks. And then he has the Demonic, all the Demonic rules. He has Witchbane. He cannot be targeted or affected by any psychic powers. And then he has Rage Embodied, uh, it's an aura, six-inch aura. Add one to the attacks of uh, characteristic of models in that unit. Uh, they're within six inches. And each time a morale test it's automatic, is taken for a unit, it's automatically passed. And each time the unit is selected to fall back, the controlling player rolls 3d6. If the total is greater than that unit's leadership characteristic, that unit cannot fall back. Okay. So let's go through some of the differences between this and a normal Bloodthirster. Um so he's slower, obviously. Um, for those who don't know the law, and I'm a big fan of some of the law for some of these guys, Scarbrand took on the Dark God Corn himself. Got a bit too big for his breeches, um, and obviously he got whooped by Corn, and Corn threw him across the universe and shredded his wings in the process, which is why he can't fly and he only moves eight. It's also why he's very, very angry. <laughs> yes. I uh, I knew that he had tattered wings on the model. I did not know the histories. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yep, no worries. Um, uh, the other stuff, obviously, he's got two more wounds than a normal Bloodthirster. Um, importantly, as he gets wounded and bracketed, his attacks actually go up um, from eight to nine to ten. Um, so Scarbrand is a very dangerous model. Um, and 
sometimes very helpful because his rage and bodied aura affects both friendly and enemy units. Both. Oh, you're right. It says while a unit is within six inches of this model. Yeah, so you want your Fire Warriors to have an extra attack, right, Dave? Oh, thank God, yes. It's all, it's all fine now. Uh, you want them to auto-pass morale, right? No. No, I want them to run away. <laughs> but they can't um, because... He's got, you got to roll 3d6 and roll... Uh, it, if it rolls above your leadership, then you can't fall back. So, yeah, um, and I'm already at a minus one in my leadership because, you yeah. know, demonic terror. Yeah, he's, um, yeah. he's pretty funny. Oh, and he is a warp locust. Yes. Yeah. So the, the named greater demons are warp locuses. So if this guy survives two turns, he's going to unleash hell probably from both literal hell, the warp, um, and in combat from his weapons. Yeah. Okay. And then we got the regular bloodthirster. We, we don't need to go through every single weapon option, but um, it basically the same stats as Star, Scarbrand, except he's got a 12 inch move and only 20 wounds to start. Gosh darn. Yeah. Um, Couple of different w- weapon options. Yeah, so so he can take the the big axe, so a two handed axe. Yep. Okay. Um, or he can take a one handed axe and then um, an option of a few weapons uh, in his other hand. Yeah, and the the one that needs to be mentioned is the blood flail. Yeah. Um, it is a um, it's actually a ranged weapon, not a melee weapon, even though it's a flail. But it's a twelve inch assault one. So you just get the one shot. It's strength 16, neg 4 AP, damage 3d3. You think, huh, that's that's kind of a weird profile for a ranged weapon, but it's going to smash one thing. Yes, but no, 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 there's more. Because um, uh, he does hit, you know, he's got the two-up weapon. He got the two-up ballistic skill, so he's going to probably hit with this. And then all of the damage fl- uh, overflows. He has damage overflow on this. So 3d3 damage, he could potentially pick up nine out of 10 models in your um, guard squad yeah. or your fire warrior squad or your sisters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Take your pick. So yeah, uh, he, yeah, he's with the, with the wound overflow, he could just, he could pick up an entire, almost an entire space Marine five man combat squad in yeah, one he could. shot. Yeah. Also got a breath flamer as well. Just, you know, yeah. So what, which, fire, that too. why not? And then he's got the demonic. He's got the he's got the uh, standard reroll one hit rolls of one aura for core unit, corn core units. And he's got relentless carnage at the end of the fight phase. Select an enemy unit with an engagement range. If something is still standing by some miracle, um, roll a uh, two plus. And if on a two or roll a d six on a two plus, the unit suffers an extra d three mortal wounds. So in case cool. he didn't completely pummel something, it's going to get a couple extra mortal wounds just for the temerity of still standing. Yep, uh, or um, if he piles in to something as well. Oh yes, um, there's that. He too. could just get started on the next round of. Sure, uh, just get a little head start. Maturity. I hadn't even thought about yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we've got uh, Skull Taker, um, who's a, a named Herald. This guy's crazy. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so he's move six. Pretty standard. Weapon skill 2 plus, bliss skill 3 plus, strength 6, toughness 6. For, yeah. for a little guy, he's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, 5 wounds, 6 attacks. Um, he's got a 4 plus, 4 plus. Okay. So both melee and shooting, he's got a 4 plus. He has the Slayer Sword. This is a melee weapon. It's strength user, so strength 6. AP 3, flat 3 damage, 
and you cannot take invulnerable saves against it. Yeah. This guy's this guy's a character killer, folks. Yep. And if that wasn't enough, he's got skulls for corn, so he can reroll um hits and wounds against characters in combat. And if he kills any characters, um so each time he kills any characters, he increases his um reroll ones to wound aura and his um command ability by three inches. Um the command ability is uh, plus one to hit for a Bloodletters core unit within six. So he's basically the most badass lieutenant um, yep. in the entire game. Yep. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Bloodmaster, which is basically everybody who wishes they were Skulltaker. Um, <laughs> he's another Herald. Uh, similar stat profile, except one less toughness, one less... Uh, mm-hmm wound and one last attack and his weapon is not nearly as cool as a slayer sword uh, but they've got the uh, uh the the uh, ones to wound aura yeah and then a, um and there's hit the bloodmaster command of phase ability is unmodified hit rolls of six um automatically wounded target so pick pick one blood letter blood letters core unit and their um rolls hit rolls to six in melee automatically wound it's okay you're, you're, nice. you're probably going to be taking Skulltaker, is my guess. Yeah. All right. And then next, Skullmaster. So we had Skulltaker. Get ready for Skullmaster. Yeah. <laughs> they got to run you out of feel like there's, 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 there's just a There's just like a, a bingo ball thing that has names yeah. written on them, and just random words pop out. And they're like, all right, get, get two more balls from the bingo machine. Skull and Master. Blood and Master. Skull and Taker. Rend and Master. Yeah. I think it's one of those um, first name surname things. Um, oh, okay. Skulltaker's actual name is just something ludicrous, uh, like I don't know, Bob. David, Dylan. I don't know. Right. Something like that. And then he's got Skulltaker. Because when when you join Corn, he's got to sign you a name, right? Right. So exactly. That's how he does it. Makes sense. Skullmaster. Um, this is basically your your Bloodmaster, but on a rhino juggernaut thing um a really pissed off demonic rhino yeah uh so movement 10 uh, otherwise pretty much the same stats um toughness six this time and seven wounds um has the blade of blood which is the same one all of these uh sort of heralds have it's ap3 damage three which is quite nice uh and then the rhino has uh malefic four strength uses six AP2, damage 1, uh, and if they charged, then it's at plus 2 strength, so strength 8. Uh, so that's our first malefic weapon. Yeah. So it is it is only, as we talked before, just so everybody understands, the bladed horn is four additional attacks on the on the, the blood crusher. It's with its nose horn, it gets, the, the model gets four additional attacks that has its own separate profile. It only gets four extra attacks. That's it, full stop. And then, obviously, then there's the the outlying question of: Do those bladed horn attacks ignore armor of contempt? To be determined. Who knows? And then he obviously, like you, like Mike said, it's got the the herald of corn ability. It's got the lieutenant woundry roll of one. Yeah. Um, and then it has, uh, ironically, it is this is called Skullmaster instead of Bloodmaster, but it's the same command ability of unmodified yep. hit rolls of six automatically win. It's a bit weird that it's not cool. Yeah. The same because they can't stack 
I don't really know why I've done that. Anyway, um, yeah. Rend Master on Blood Throne. Sure. Watch out. <laughs> um, this is basically the Chariot um, Herald. Uh, movement 8. Otherwise the same, but toughness 7 and 9 wounds. The Attendant's Hellblades, because he's got some friends on the front of his chariot. Um, this is Malefic 4, and this is where we start to really question um, how the stats are affected. Uh, it's Strength User AP3 Damage 2. So the question is, is that AP3 going to cut straight through Armour Contempt? And is the Damage 2 going to cut straight through Damage Reduction? Right. So that's why this question on Malefic is pretty important. Um, yeah, so he gets those four attacks, pretty good profile. And then on top of that, of course, the five from the Herald with the AP3 flat three damage. Um, now, Champion Slayer is a special rule this guy gets um, over the other two. Each time they make a melee attack against a character or monster, you can reroll wounds. Sure. Cool. And that's with both cool. of its profiles. Um, its other abilities are exactly the same, albeit one of them is called Blood Throne instead of the other one, but it's just the sixes or a wound on a hit roll in combat. All right, and then uh, next, the last of the HQ choices is Karanak. Um, people will know this is the uh, um, the the demonic cornate uh, Cerberus. He's the named uh, fleshhound. Twelve uh, inch movement, two up weapon skill. He doesn't even waste time with it. Having a ballistic skill, strength six, T five, five wounds, six attacks. He's got a five up demonic save against melee attacks instead of a four. So he's got you know we got that going for us. He has soul rending fangs as his weapon, which are strength six, strength user. So strength six, AP two, damage two. Uh, and then he has the blast, his ability is the brass collar of bloody vengeance. Um, he can actually attempt to deny two psychic powers. Uh, he's got pack leader. So uh, while a friendly flesh hounds core units within six, they can reroll wound rolls of one. Uh, and if the target is a psyker unit, you get full rerolls, full wound rerolls instead. Uh, and he has Prey of the Blood God. So in your first command phase, select an enemy character unit. Each time this model makes an attack against that character unit, a successful wound roll inflicts two mortal wounds on the target, and the attack sequence ends. So basically, at the start of the game, you're going to call your shot. You're going to say, I'm going to take out Abaddon. I'm going to take out your Farseer on a, on a bike. You're going you know, to call your shot, and then Karanak is going to go out of his way to hunt that dude down and mortal wound him to death very cool very cool very cool very thematic too so yeah i like that uh all right blood letters okay blood letters uh the only troops option here as you might expect uh this is a unit of 10 and only 10 uh, an important change uh, if you weren't aware of it already uh, and this is the case going to be for pretty much all of the classic troop lesser demons uh, of the gods because yeah, it, it used to be in the old codex you could go up to 20 right 30. Oh, 30. Okay. Yeah. Thank God they can't do that now because, oh boy, these guys are pretty scary. Um, yeah. They got a, as, as people probably saw in Warhammer community, these guys got a serious stat buff. Yeah. So our blood letters, um, mostly the same as previously. So it's a six inch move, three up, three up, um, strength five, toughness four, um, one wound each, two attacks, three on the Sarge. Uh, and a five up against sh uh, combat, four up against shooting. Their weapon is strength five user, uh, AP three, flat two damage. 
every single attack from these guys is flat two damage, not on the sixes like it used to be. These are your reliable marine killers or anything else with two wounds for that matter. Yeah. Scary. Um, the icon is free um, and it just gives them the icon keyword and they ignore combat attrition uh, modifiers. Then there's an instrument as well, which adds one to the leisure character to, of models in the unit uh, and gives them the instrument keyword. And that's that's blood letters, basically. Yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Really good. Yeah. Reasonably really tough because it's a lot, you know, they going from toughness three to toughness four makes them a bit more resilient, yep. not to mention the demonic saves. So they're a really good melee uh, unit. Yeah. So, yeah. Very uh, good. Blood Crushers are the, are they the only elite's choice? They are the only elite's choice is Blood Crushers. Um, they're just blood letters riding on pissed off rhinos um, that, again, much like uh, the uh, Skullmaster, um, they've got the 10-inch the, the move. Three up, three up, strength five, T five, four wounds, um, three attacks, four for the sergeant, and leadership seven and four up, four up. Uh, demonic saves. Again, they have the hellblade, the strength. Although because the the uh, oh no no it's the same. So it's strength five user, neg three two uh, two damage for the sword, and the bladed horn again is the malefic four, uh, strength five, AP two one damage, and all the questions. And if you uh. On the turn that they charge, you get plus two to your strength for the bladed horn. Uh, and again, they have the uh, demonic icon and the instrument of chaos keywords or, or, or uh, upgrades you can give them for free. So, yeah. yep, pretty standard. Um, biggest thing here is having that four up against uh, combat as well as shooting. Yeah, um, yeah they're going to be a bit more resilient just because yeah. of that uh, in combat. Like they need it. <laughs> All right. Flesh hounds, go for it, Mike. So, our new best friend, um, these guys, uh, similar to Karanak's profile, so a 12-inch move, 3-up weapon skill, strength 5, 2 wounds, uh, toughness 4, uh, 3 attacks each base, 4 for the sergeant, uh, and they've got a 5-up in combat, sorry, uh, yeah, 5-up in combat and a 4-up against shooting. Now, I really like these guys. Each one of them has a 12-inch flamer that's AP1, so 12 inches assault D6. Um, oh not each one sorry just the sergeant just the gore hound has this flamer easy mistake to make there so do watch out for that um, so the sergeant the gore hound has the burning roar which is a flamer at AP1 so it auto hits yeah we're not spamming flamers until we get into uh, zinch <laughs> uh, and then each one has um, gore drenched fangs which is strength 5 user AP2 1 damage but not only can they deny psychic power, because of their color of corn ability, each time they charge or intervene, they get plus one to their damage in combat. Sure. AP2 damage too. Yes, please. Yep. yep. 12 inch move on so a beast. More, more space marine killers. Yep. Um, we then have the skull cannon, the heavy supports, uh, the only heavy support slot uh, for these guys, and they're only ranged firepower beyond potentially a soul grinder movement eight a bit like it's basically the chariot but with a gun on it and two guys on the back um toughness seven nine wounds two attacks um four up in combat as well as four up from shooting very nice yep. the skull cannon so the unit is the skull cannon and it's equipped with a skull cannon um, didn't see that coming 
<laughs> which is heavy D3 plus 3 at 48 inch range. Strength 8, minus 2, 2 damage, blast, and ignores cover. That's not a bad shooting profile. No. No, it's not. Uh, and then they've got the Attendance Hellblades, which is Malefic 4. Um, it'll be Strength 6, AP 3, 2 damage. And the Biting more of the Chariot is uh, just Strength 6, AP 1, 2 damage. So, yeah. And last but not least, uh, the Fortification. There's only two Fortifications in the book, this and the, the Nurgle Trees. Um, uh, this is the Skull Altar. Uh the only stats it has is strength six, T eight, and nine wounds. Uh, it does have a leadership characteristic for some reason, uh, though I don't see it running away. Well, it's just in case demons want to deep strike near it, Dave. That's right. Why. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then it has a four up, four up demonic save. Um, and then it has uh, this one's kind of cool. I was reading this over last night. I kind of dig this. Um, it picks up besides the fact that it is a um while well, a psychers within 18 inches of this model subtract two from psychic tests uh which is nice on its own it has all the demonic keywords so technically yes you could deep strike this in too theoretically except i think the fortification rules automatically prevent that mm. um so uh, because fortifications have to be set up before yeah the game starts um but it has war altar it is a transport that can hold one model um, and the cool, the cool ability is the, uh, the transport or rather the, this transport model. So the, the altar itself gains all of the aura abilities of the embarked model. So you can take a blood master or something similar and stick them quote, quote unquote, embark them, basically stand them on top of the altar and the altar, which has a larger profile will expand out the aura abilities uh, of the model, which is kind of cool. Um, he's up there doing his prayers to corn and the, the, Waves of his ability, I guess, are going out. Doesn't get his command ability, though, which is really weird. Right. Yeah, it's just the aura abilities. I, I don't know. This feels strange. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, and he, there is, uh, it has the ability Ritual Slaughter. Uh, it's an action. At the end of your movement phase, this model can start to perform this action. The action is completed at the end of your next charge phase. So start at the movement phase, end it in the charge phase. Uh, once completed, roll 1d6 for each Legion's Demonic Acorn unit from your army within 12 inches of this model and within engagement range of any enemy units. For each 4+, gain 1 Warp Storm point. So it's a way to gain some extra Warp Storm points if you really mm. feel like you need them. So uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you would have to place this on the table somewhere in the middle, except that you would have to put it deploy it in your deployment zone. So unless you're expecting to get attacked... I don't see this. And Corn is not usually going to be playing defense. No, it's an interesting one. I'd, I'd consider maybe this, I, th I think it's quite cheap points-wise, maybe just having this on an objective near your deployment zone and just sticking one of your characters in there. Um, yeah. Just because it's quite hard to kill. It's tough yeah. to eight with nine wounds, but it's got four up, four up. Um and they can always disembark and go and kill something if they need to. Um, right. And Oh, and it's a warp locus. Yeah. So if you need to... Right, now we're talking. You can deep strike down within three inches of an enemy unit. Six. As long as you're within, as long as you're within six inches of this and within three yeah. inches of an enemy unit, if an enemy unit is stupid enough to come into your deployment zone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Ladies and gents, that is the end of the Book of Blood, the Book of Corn. 
we are at about an hour and 20 minutes so far. So um, we got to call it here because Mike and I have other have day jobs to get to too. So uh, we are going to pick this up. We will do next week. We'll do a part two and we will cover the book of change, the book of contagion. And I believe it's the book of excess. It is. Yes. Yeah. The book of excess, not to mention uh, Bellacore. We'll do all of that uh, next week. So, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Competitive 40K Podcast. Uh, we also, um, I know we still got to go back and do word bearers and creations of bile. Um, not to mention, um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Leagues of Votan is coming soon, which I'm very excited about, especially after they showed that uh, land train uh, or the land fortress uh, model um, during uh, the Nova reveals. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so, Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week. Uh, please stay tuned. Please check in with our, our next episodes. Please join us uh, on the Competitive 40K Podcast Community Facebook page to join the conversation. Uh, and uh, please feel free to check out the Academy uh, and leave us a five-star review if you don't mind, please. And thank you. Until we get back and hear you guys hear from us again, this is Dave Colmel for Michael Costello saying, Groovy. Have a good week. Have a good week.